Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, go check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market. They provide 24-7 support during the season, which separates GameStrat from the rest of the competition. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimesstrategy.com. We'd also like to take a moment to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of our audience knows about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with a playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a priority to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we have Coach Kurt Earl. He's the head coach at uh, Lincoln Christian out in Lincoln, Nebraska. How you doing, Coach? Doing really well. The, uh, the earth is thawing out for us up here in Lincoln, so it's getting better. Yeah, I guess it's been a cold winter, huh? It has, like we talked about before the podcast started. Yeah, i am uh, I'm been shoveling a lot, and uh, it's hard to imagine that we're into the spring season, but we are here, and we got spring sports going this week, so we'll try to get them in. Yeah, you were saying earlier you're going to have to go visit a chiropractor, right? Shoveling, shoveling. Yeah. It's been a long, yeah. long one, huh? Yeah. Long one and literally been to the chiropractor because shoveling too much snow. So it's been that kind of winter. So we're looking forward to spring. Yeah. We got lucky in Virginia. We, we got some snow before Christmas and we haven't had any since. So, right. which is not typical. We typically have more, but, but we got a break this year. So we'll take it. Yeah. But Coach, why don't you, uh, you know, talk about, you know, where you're currently coaching and, and what it's like there at, at Lincoln Christian. Yeah, like you said, Coach, I'm at Lincoln Christian School in Lincoln, Nebraska, not to be confused with the one in Oklahoma, which is a great place, too, from what I can tell. But uh, we graduate about 50 to 60 kids per year, so pretty small school in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I've been there. This is my 13th year that I'm wrapping up. It's my third as the head coach. I was assistant for 10 before that. And, um, you know, we, we've, we're going through a tough time right now. Um, a number of things came together, and we kind of had to hit the reboot when I became uh, the head coach. I don't know that it's really anyone's fault and certainly not pointing the finger, but we had to get some things going in the right direction. <clears throat> to be real honest, we sort of hit rock bottom of that last year. Uh, just had 24 guys out for the whole 9 through 12 team. Uh, 12 of those 18, though, uh, uh, 12 of the 18 that saw regular playing time will still be on the team in 2020. So think about the math there. <laughs> we were young, really young. And um, we could have, would have, should have won three or four games, but we didn't win any of those, and we went 0-9. And it was a tough year, but um, we can already see uh, the way that the culture is setting in and swinging go the other direction. We had 
Just last night, we do a spring season kickoff event and uh, do a letter of intent signing um, where we bring all our players together and they sign an agreement. And it's uh, our part as coaches that do that uh, and, and on their end of things as well as players. And we had 37 kids sign uh, the letter of intent. So we go 0-9 and, and yet we gain 150%. You know, so it uh, tells me that we're on the right track somewhere. And, uh, you know, we've been working really hard to build the right culture. And I think we're going to have 37 guys out with just four seniors. And so you can see the tide is shifting for us. And so that's, that's the big project. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with it and uh, enjoying the journey from where we're at to where we hope to be. So. Well, well that's, I mean, that's really good. I mean, it sounds like you're getting the, the guys and that come out and, you know, sign those in 10 forms and, and get going. So it sounds like, you know, you're building it up. That's awesome. So then, yeah, yeah it's been good. Yeah. Go I ahead. mean, that's great. That's awesome. So, Maybe tie that into your background, you know, where, where are you mm -hmm. from, if you played high school, maybe who, you know, pushed you or influenced you to, to coach high school. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Longmont, Colorado, just north of Denver, um, probably about 90,000 people there. It's probably like 55,000 when I was born. I mean, it's really grown, but uh, uh, I played at Longmont High School, just the central high school in town, the oldest high school in town, and had a a good experience, but a tough one because we had the first losing season since my mom was a senior at the school. Sort of ironic. Uh, apparently, we can't win, so uh, it was it was a tough deal. But and I was the quarterback for that, so you know you you shoulder more blame than you you probably deserve, and you get more credit than you deserve to at quarterback. Just part of the deal. Yeah. And uh, but but had a good career and 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 loved the game and got a chance to go play uh, football and run track while studying to be a teacher and coach at Concordia University here in Nebraska. So that's how I get from the Denver area to the Lincoln area and a number of things came together there. My wife and I are high school sweethearts and a lot of long story. We end up here and uh, she's the director of operations for the track and field team at the university of Nebraska. So we just hang around kids and this is what we do, you know, and uh, it's really fun and, and love it. I'm the son of a coach. He's a, he still coaches girls basketball at the high school level today, coached some boys basketball before I was born, been a girls coach for geez, 35 years or so now, something like that. Um, and then I had three coaches in high school that really had a profound impact on me. And um, somewhere in there around the end of my junior year, uh, my senior year in high school, it started to dawn on me that maybe I wanted to be for someone else what those guys had been for me. And uh, I've got good parents, but I needed other positive influences too, you know. And so uh, that, was, that was a big part of it. And then I'm, I'm coaching football and being an activities director and, and teaching Bible class because I think football is one of the the purest training grounds available. You know, I think uh, a lot of things have lost their purity, but football remains because it doesn't care anything about who you are, or what you've done. Um, it cares about the moment. And, uh, you know, the only thing that might be uh, a better training ground for, for young people might be um, military training of some sort. You know, I really believe football is important. And so I put a lot of time and energy into it and into other activities as well at Lincoln Christian. Well, that's, that's a great story, coach. Hey, give us a little more background on uh, maybe your playing career and uh, or, or your early coaching career. Um, when we first got on, you were talking about – I was teasing you <laughs> about talking about yeah. your RPO up-tempo, hurry-up offense, yeah. whatever. Uh, you said you, were, you you had coached in that style for over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, so if you Google, like, Kurt Earl and installing Chip Kelly's tempo calls or something like that, you'll find an article that I wrote years ago that I still get emails about. 
Um, and we, we were no huddle, one formation, 10 personnel, three by one, trips to the field all the time, read option, going 1,000 miles an hour. And really, I'm, I mean, I say this humbly, but because it, I think we were ahead of the curve, so I don't know if there was anything. We just kind of got lucky, but we were really good at it. And especially at our level of, of football in Nebraska, nobody else was really doing it. We were, we were uh, you know, eight, ten years ago, we were ahead of the curve here. And so defenses were being presented with this really unique proposition every time they faced us because we were different than everybody else. And you can imagine, too, here in Nebraska, what does everybody run uh, back eight, ten years ago? We're still, you know, we're still clinging to the 97 Huskers, you know, and, uh, and that, not, that's a bad thing. But that was the reality. A lot of high formation, a lot of, a lot of the things, you just, you know, just traditional stuff. And that learning curve, of course, has changed and defenses have caught on to that. And defense is sort of caught up with us. And with Scott Frost coming here and the way that that's going to impact the offensive trends around here, uh, it got really obvious for us that we couldn't out-tempo uh, and couldn't out-spread option people anymore. And that we needed to not only stop that, but get on an entirely new, different, and different learning curve. And so that's how the Flexbone got to be a part of our, <laughs> our, our, our uh, program. Uh, uh, almost a year ago now when we officially made the, the switch. So that's kind of how that background plays into where we're at now. And now uh, I told you guys beforehand, you know, we had Kenny Wheaton and Coach Chisholm come up in June and install it. Two great guys uh, uh, that I would recommend having them come up if you're interested for sure. And, they know a little told, bit about triple option, uh, I heard. Just, uh, yeah, one or two <laughs> things. And like I told you guys beforehand, I said – I said, we are true, pure disciples of them because we're not smart enough to think any other way yet. You know, we're still, we're so raw. We're just be able to think on our own. And so we're having a great time with it. My OC who played for us loves it. All my assistant coaches played for us, played when I was an assistant or when I was the head coach. And so we're just having a blast trying to get this thing back to where we want it to be. So it's been fun. Uh, what, when we talked with them, um, uh, uh, Coach Chisholm, he had described yeah. what it's like uh, for for his players to attend Harding, and uh, mm-hmm. speaking of culture, you know that uh, besides the football scheme that you're learning from them, do you are you getting that uh, culture like they have up there at Harding, and how you know uh, those those players uh, operate within uh, uh, that school, and uh, you know the he spoke a lot about how it's a Christian school and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, everybody's a believer, you know what I mean? And the brotherhood is real, you know what I mean? Uh, they're at their school. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not to where they are yet. That's for sure. But they were, it was great to have them in because our kids could see, Hey, they're, they're like us, except for it's college, you know? And so that was really uh, valuable from a cultural standpoint to say, you know, cultural and, and the rest of our coaches are trying to help us be kind of like these guys. And, and Wheaton and Chisholm even said, you know, man, this is like home. You know, we can tell you guys, you, we're all the same. We got we have the same attitude about things. And so it is very similar. Uh, we got a long way to go, of course, before we uh, can be the high school version of them, so to speak, in many ways in terms of on the field or in the culture. But um, it's a Christ-centered, gospel-centered um, uh, perspective for sure. And uh, uh, that's part of what keeps me here and what makes me really passionate about what we're doing. And, and we are starting to get the pieces in place so that we really have um, that as the, the core of what we're doing and, and that that is really the overflow of our hearts and that, that that's what, what fuels us and motivates us. So we're getting there, making progress. Now, Coach, do you think you'll uh, – I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they installed it no huddle, but are you going to continue those – 
principles. Yep. Yeah. So we go, we go no huddle on the look and check with the yep. sideline and those kind of things. And, and yet we go very slow and <clears throat> some of these changes with how the play clock's going to go down and some of those sorts of things are going to be yep. interesting for all of us. And yep. we're, we're talking through that and navigating through that. And, um, and if we get down to some spring ball this year at Harding, which we're hoping to do, uh, we're going to, we're going to have some chats about that for sure. But yes, no huddle. Yep. Yeah. I, I would think, uh, I mean, your background with it would, would be, right. you know, melt together there a little blend and, you probably already got your verbiage and everything. And so I wouldn't think it'd be that big of a stretch, really. Um, right. Our kids would be – they'd mess them up if we huddled. You know, right. like, what are we doing? So that right. was easy. Right. That, was, that was a simple carryover, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so, you know, speaking of culture, um, talk about culture coordinator. You know, yeah. what it is, why you kind of started it, and maybe how it helps coaches and teams, you know, with their own programs. Yeah, good. So <clears throat> the culture coordinator really just came out of the realization uh, as I became a head coach that every team has got offensive and defensive coordinators. Most teams <clears throat> have some guy designated for special teams coordinator in some capacity, but it dawned on me that the really great teams have someone that's coordinating the culture too, that have a culture coordinator. And so that's where the, the title comes from, the name of it comes from. And uh, that was about the time uh, Brian Kite was really starting to come on the scene. And we were blessed to get him on the upswing. Uh, Keith Grabowski connected us um, because he saw that we were thinking similarly. And uh, so Brian came out and worked with us, uh, did a little coaches seminar in the morning, and then worked just with our team in the afternoon a few years ago. And it was from there that I really began to realize that, that I wanted to play a part in, in not only doing, helping my own program grow, but helping other programs grow too, because I realized how important it was as I was becoming a head coach for the first time. And so uh, I also realized that everybody's culture is a little different. I mean, you guys, the three of us coach in, in three different places that in some ways are very similar, in some ways couldn't be any more different, right? And yep. um, we, they aren't cooking alligators up here, right, Coach? We were talking about that before the podcast a little bit. That doesn't happen in Lincoln, man. But uh, So there's different things about each place, but at the same time, we're very similar too. So the culture coordinator is about providing resources that help coaches not only um, build and, and grow uh, all the things that are similar, but also do the things that are different and make sure that you're installing and building and creating the culture that fits your program, your culture, not mine, not somebody else's. And so um, I, I do a lot of free stuff via the, the email subscription. And then there's also a, a, a monthly subscription or annual subscription where I really help coaches walk through the system of installing your culture year after year. And there's lots of resources for that as well. So, so that's, being, that's the gist of what it is. To being purposeful about it, you know, not just coaching the team and, and, and focusing on the scheme and the strength of the kids in the weight room, but being purposeful uh, uh, and mindful about planning the culture and, and, and maybe uh, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. Um, uh, uh, that, that people need to learn about and um, mm -hmm. that, that people don't have that experience uh, necessarily with, you know, um, I, I would imagine what, how, could you explain maybe um, the impact that building culture uh, with your team, uh, you know, um, can, what benefits could you, could you have from that? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, you know, there's the cliches like culture eat strategy for breakfast. I think we found that to be true. But I'll tell you, just real life right now. I mean, I, I just talked about earlier in the show that we we had the we, we hit the rock bottom. We went zero and nine, and yet 
there's a buzz and excitement around our, our program <clears throat> that is, it's, it's, if, if you didn't know about all the things you were doing, you'd be like, how is this happening? And uh, I think that that's because we, we've invested in relationships and I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but we've made a very intentional focus of saying, here's who we are. Here's what we're all about. Here's how we're going to try to draw people in. And all of my assistant coaches have been in the program as players. Uh, we've had some tremendous success in terms of wins and losses, but from over the last 10 years or so, you know, each of them would say, this is as excited as the players seem to be in the off season as any of us can really remember. And I think it, a lot of it draws back to just the excitement that we or the, the intentionality we have moved with um, in building culture. But for example, last night was our season kickoff uh, event that we do every spring and we do a letter of intent ceremony where the guys uh, on one side, we outline what we're doing. Like we talked about earlier on the other side, we outline what, 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 what the players are going to do. So it's what we provide, what they're promising to do, how we're going to come together and make this season great. And that's a big deal. Players or parents take pictures of their sons as they're signing it with me. We shake hands. We look each other in the eye and say we're looking forward to it. Um, I've had a number of players over the years say, I don't want to quit. I signed my name on that letter of intent, but I'm frustrated right now. Well, that's a, that's a different discussion than what often can happen, right? And so I think that that's how we are not only sustaining ourselves, but actually building strength, even when we're, we were just too young and not ready to win games last year. We're just so young. Um, but we're going to turn that corner here. I'm, I'm confident we will. I think that's God's plan for us. But it's going to be – it's all due to the intentionality, I think, of the culture behind the scenes. I wanted to ask you, too, uh, what, what about in terms of leadership? You know, if you got a young group and you need those guys, to, somebody in the group to step up and, 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 and be those leaders, um, that culture helps uh, drive that, uh, uh, the growth of leadership, right? Right. So I think the biggest thing that we're doing, I'm not super intentional about leadership training. I want to be more intentional about it. But I think the biggest thing that we're doing uh, that helps with leadership is we make it really clear what we're for, where we're trying to go. We've gotten really good at telling that story. And so the guys that are sticking with it year after year, or the guys that have come back to our program after being away for a year because they didn't know if they wanted to hang around, they understand what story they're sort of buying into. They get the big picture narrative. And that, that makes it easy for those guys to pass on the leadership down to the next level. We had some great senior leaders last year. We only had five seniors, but they were I mean, six seniors, I'm sorry, but they were great guys. And each of them led in, in an amazing capacity. And a few of them were really spectacular. Well, I've already got players saying to me this year, hey, I'd like to see us do this so that we can continue that leadership that we saw last year. And um, that, that means that, you know, that's that, the way that leadership can kind of perpetuate itself. And I think the thing that we're doing well is we're, uh, we're like I said, we're helping people connect with the narrative. They know exactly who we are and what we're all about. And I think we can do a better job of training guys into being leaders in that narrative, but still um, we're on the right, the right initial steps and initial path. Well, so I'd like to kind of uh, further the, the culture coordinator part too. So like, Frank, yeah. so you, you know, I mean, let's face it, culture is a buzzword, right? So right. there's, <laughs> You know, I mean, for real. So, look, you know, if there's a coach out there that's maybe unsure or um, maybe doesn't want to take the time to spend on it, maybe because they feel like what they have is, is good enough, um, mm -hmm. you know, how would you maybe talk through a couple of strategies for some coaches to kind of implement 
maybe a positive team culture or 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 it could be you know hey they're established and they just want to change you know what i mean they want to mm-hmm. go in a different direction what do you what do you think maybe could help our listeners sort of just start the process i, I don't want to get too far down the road because you can help right. with that with other stuff you do but you know just right. a couple things to start off with so as, as you asked that question i think the biggest thing that that is different about a coach now versus maybe like my dad's era of coaches you know like uh when you and when you are when you when you're just starting as a head coach and at, at this time frame one of the things you got to understand is there's some significant um paradigm shifts or mindset shifts that you have to make that would be different from how it's always been things are changing rapidly um and so i think there's really three that I talk about a lot with, with coaches. Um, and one of them is you got to stop asking what culture is and start asking what does culture do? This was my biggest takeaway from the afternoon and or the all day with Brian kite. You know, he said, it's not, stop asking what culture is. What does culture do? Culture drives the strategies called for, uh, or the behaviors called for by your strategies for success. And that really, that really has stuck with me. I'm trying to build a culture that drives the behaviors that, um, that are called for in my strategies. And not only the behaviors, I like to take another level deeper and say, I'm trying to create something that, that changes the hearts and minds of the young men in my program so that they on their own are choosing behaviors. I don't, it doesn't need to be carrot and stick, consequence and reward. I want it to be um, their free will choice to say, I'm on board, I wanna be a part of this. I, I wanna do the things it takes to be successful. And then the other, the other thing that I think the second thing that's really big is that you've, you've got to stop assuming trust and start selling and marketing your program. And I know you start talking that way and it feels kind of dirty and slimy. Uh, I think there's some ways to do it that it doesn't feel that way at all, but I, I think you have to be competitive. Daniel Pink wrote a great book uh, several years ago called uh, To Sell as Human. And one of the things he pointed out in there that really just changed my perspective, even on everyday parent interactions, was this idea of information symmetry, where it used to be back in the day, a used car salesman, you go to the used car salesman, who's got all the information? He yeah, does. Yeah. yeah, you don't know much at all about the car, and he could say whatever he wants, you don't really know if it's true. Well, that's no longer the case. It's, it's the, the information is symmetrical. Both parties know, uh, in, in certain situations, know exactly what's the deal with that car. Well, that's true in coaching. How many players and players' moms or dads um, uh, are listening to this podcast, how many players, players, moms and dads are, are attending online clinics or, you know, getting themselves wealths of knowledge. They may not have the wisdom on how to apply it, but they know some stuff. The information is symmetrical. And then the other thing that I think Pink doesn't, doesn't talk about in his book, but I think is true is what I call opportunity symmetry. When I grew up, I was going to go play for the Longmont High Trojans and that was all that was even possible. I was going to go play for Coach Gordon Kramer, and that was how it was going to go because that was the only opportunity. You, there was no open enrollment. You went to the school in your, in your attendance area, and in my area, there really wasn't any uh, private schools to speak of, and my dad's a public school teacher, so we weren't doing that. You know, So uh, I was going to play for the Trojans. That's bottom line. And it's just not like that. There's symmetry in, in, in terms of opportunity, and whether it be a seven-on-seven league that you're sort of competing with, whether it be the crosstown rival, open enrollment, all those things. So you've got to do something to market yourself. And then the last thing is just, you know, we, we want to blame this generation a lot um, and we, or the next generation. But I think um, we need to just slow down and start explaining why. Like it's, it's, there's, 
can you blame young people for not trusting leaders based on what they see every day in the news? You can't. And so you've got to earn that trust. I trusted my, my head football coach because he'd been there forever. It also helped that when I was a little kid, they won 45 in a row, you know, so there was a lot of trust there, but that I could win 45 in a row now and there still wouldn't be trust because that's the way things are. So I've got to teach my players the why, the what, and the how behind everything that we do. So, you know, figure out what your culture is, what, what do you want it to do? Not, not what is it, but figure out what you want it to do. Stop assuming trust, start selling your program and then stop blaming people and, and sell, you know, market things, tell people why you're doing what you're doing, what you're doing and, and how, how to do it. And, um, I, I think that's the biggest thing a coach can do, um, is just have those, those mindset shifts. So that was a long answer, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, coach, that was a great answer. I, I know, I know there was a couple of chords there that hit Tony, man. Uh, yeah. He started open enrollment in seven-on-seven leagues, and he started Ex- – Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, Tony. And w- in what states would everybody go, oh, it's probably the worst there. Probably everyone's going to say Florida, Texas, California, right? And so yeah. uh, it, I, I get it. Now, I'm, I'm fortunate. That's not a huge problem for us here yet, but it's changing and growing, and it's coming. Yeah. Um, and it is going to be a big deal. No doubt, man. Jeez. You hit the nail on the head for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we can talk more later. I'll give you, I'll, I'll help you as much as I can. Not that I know all the answers, but. Well, speaking of selling your program, can you maybe tell us one thing you, you know, one way you do that uh, for your program or maybe some things that you're doing that other programs aren't in your area, maybe? Yeah, I, I, um, one thing I think that I've gotten really good at because it's the way I like to think and do things is I'm really good at our parent emails. Um, I send out every what, well here, once we start season, I send out a weekly email and it's got schedule and information, all those kind of things, but it's also got um, some things to help coach the parents on, on where is the team at? What are we all about? What's exciting about this? You know? Um, and I include them on the process and in the journey and my dad and my mom get those emails. Cause I have a number of family and friends that get those so they can give me feedback. And you know, um, my mom just cannot believe how much of an effort I make to communicate those things to parents because it's just a little bit different mentality, you know, but I do. And I think that that's a big thing. If, if you can just be open and honest and communicate things, you're going to sell things. And, and if you can build that trust, um, you're going you're gonna, to uh, have people drawn in and appreciate what you're doing. Another tiny example, but that was significant that I didn't even think that much of. We do parent surveys at the end of the year. Um, and we get that feedback. And as the activities director, I take that all in. And I work with our coaches through that. Our superintendent, he goes over those with me. So I have to go straight to the, the highest guy, but, uh, cause I can't review myself obviously, but you know, a couple things that were a couple consistent, uh, negative feedbacks in the, in the parent surveys from 2018. I addressed those right up front last night in the season, um, kickoff event and just said, you know what? I hear you. These are things we're going to work on. I think these are legitimate. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to demand it from our, our assistants to work hard. I'm doing better with these things. And I didn't think that much of it, but, even just 24 hours later, I've already received um, a handful of just, you know, hey, that was great. I really appreciate it. My son needs to see more of that, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's a big moment with the parents, right? And now later on, I, let's say there's a question about seven on seven, you know, there's a trust with me. There's a, hey, what do you think about it, coach? There's not a just, we're going to go do whatever we want, whatever best for our kid, you know? So it's little things that can add up is, is, is part of my answer, you know? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I was just saying that's that's excellent, man. I actually you, you're gonna laugh, but I actually uh, I I was I was gonna get in a little hot water with a uh, a kid in the classroom that I you know I was a little I went a football coach on him a little bit, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. the, the parent came in and and uh, I knew she was gonna be hot, you know what I mean? But I, I had Googled something real quick. I'm like, man, I I want this thing to just move on and go away. You know what? How can I fix this thing? You know what I mean? And and what I was reading yeah. just um you know, to, to validate, you know what I mean? Hear those concerns, mm-hmm. uh, right. let them know that you hear and understand why they're upset. And, and man, that's, I never thought about that, but uh, using the feedback forms like that, man, how you used it and addressed it, uh, boy, that would get some people, uh, autom- you know, right away on your side. And, and man, this guy's a listener. He's, he's, he's for us. You know what right. I mean? That's awesome. Yeah. And this guy's a listener. Would you remind my wife of that at some point as well? Like, <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not perfect with those things. Right. But, uh, these are little things though. I, I can't get it. I can't get survey data from my wife. That doesn't make any sense, but right. you can, you can with your program begin to do some of these things that help you step back and see it, not just from your perspective. And I think that's the key thing uh, that really helps with that for, for us to, to build that trust over time. Yeah. I'm going to sound like a broken record on this podcast and Tony, but you know, that, that's, that was where, where I lacked. Right. So Mm. we were pretty good with the kids. I I mean, honestly, but we didn't engage the parents and that I'm probably not that far off from your parents' generation. That's just not how I did things. You know how we did, you know, I mean, it it, it was, and, and I think part of it was I grew up in South Carolina in a, in a, you know, right next to Clemson, but it's still small town, right? So same thing, you know, you grow, you grow up, you're going to play at Daniel high school. That's just, that was the traditions. That was the successes. And that's what my draw was. Right. So, um, you know, I just, you know, didn't, I wasn't doing a good job of engaging parents. And so, um, I, I can understand that, uh, that that's a big part of it now um, because that's uh, where I definitely failed. No, no question about it. Mm. Um, mm. And, and so I definitely uh, did, did my research, you know, last, you know, three, four years and, um, and have really learned how to, uh, to engage the parents better. Um, and I'm not a head coach currently, um, but I was for about 10, well, almost 12 years. And, uh, you know, often kind of ride, like I was telling you, you know, back and forth, we were talking, you know, it's like sometimes you ride down the, down the Colonial Parkway to work. And it's like, you know, had I learned, like you're saying, to engage the parents better, mm-hmm. would I still be a head coach? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not that I don't love what I'm doing now. It, it's just that, that specific aspect of it was part of the reason why I'm not that way. You know, I'm not a head coach anymore. You know, I just, mm-hmm. so you know, it's a, uh, it's a changing time, like you said. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to kind of to bring it up and, and do the podcast, because I think there's a lot of guys out there like me who hammer the weights, hammer the scheme and, mm. and, and do the community work with the kids. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, but don't, don't engage the parents. So right. I, I think that's a, that's a, I mean, that's the ultimate step, I think. Um, that needs to be developed. So I appreciate you talking about that. That's important. Yeah. Good thoughts, coach. Appreciate it. 
I got a good one here, Coach. <clears throat> uh, so uh, kind of go full circle back to uh, with, uh, with the culture and, and football. How are you able to get current generation of kids or our current generation of kids to buy into the triple option football scheme, right? Yeah. <laughs> the younger generation seems to be the me culture. It's all about seven on which seven on seven team you're on, what offers yeah. you have. Yeah. So uh, I think this gets back to some of the discussion we had with how we're kind of like Harding, you know, um, we, we work really hard um, to make sure that, uh, our kids see that we is a lot greater than me, you know, just to build that mentality. But even more than that, just others before self and God above all, and just to teach them that uh, the best things, the best accomplishments, the things that are the most fun to do are done together, uh, are done in a team community. Um, and, and you know, right now, I mean, we're so young, we aren't fighting some of the the battles of kids wanting to get offers or some of those kind of things yet. Um, I'm hoping that that, that changes and, and we have, have uh, those types of um, de developed players, you know, um, but but I think for us, uh, again, it's just it's just preaching the narrative, and it's just saying this is who we are. If you want to be a part of this, um, here here's how you can fit in, and here's the role you can play. Um, we're we're forever probably going to be more like Navy than we are like Clemson. And if you got a bunch of guys like Navy, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I see you celebrating, Coach. Yeah, if you got a bunch of guys like Navy. Um, you got the right kind of people um, to, to, to buy into this. Hey, that collectively we can get them. And, and, you know, we, we celebrate things like, like when we do, you know, it took us a long time before we really ran triple option very well at all live. Right. Like we're still, we're still almost waiting for that first one in some regard. Right. You guys know how it is. It, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a process, but man, when we don't block some guy and he's wrong based on his own free will, like we celebrate that in film, right? We make that a, we make that a big deal. And we always have, even when we were kind of spread option up tempo and, and did it in a different way. We've always celebrated like that, you know, that's, that's what we're all about. And kids get into that and have fun with it. And, um, you know, a couple years ago when we were spread option, we had some guys really pursuing hard after college, um, opportunities and, and we still needed to, to say to them, you know, you'll, you do the things that we're doing well, that those opportunities will, will come. So it's not easy. Um, and I hope someday I've got a, a lineup full of guys that are all desperate, you know, desperately fighting to get that college scholarship. But, but um, uh, it, it's, it's not quite where we're at at this point, but at the same time, one other thought I wanted to say, you know, I wrote a blog post uh, several weeks ago about whether your program is a stepping stone or a destination. And a lot of coaches on social media in particular are bragging up all the offers and the coaches that come visit and all that kind of stuff. That's not wrong, but, but you might accidentally be positioning yourself as a stepping stone for your players. And when that happens, then it's, you're building the me mentality, the, the, the I football. And so I, I am try to be careful about that and try to make sure that kids see this as a destination. And if you get to go on beyond that, that's um, that's a unique and special opportunity, the icing on the cake, so to speak. And so I think coaches need to be just thinking about what are they reinforcing almost unintentionally on a, sub on a subconscious level and just think through that a little bit. Well, right, coach. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, Tony. Uh, I forgot to tell you, so I'm doing a book study with my quarterbacks, and uh, we're using the book Teammates Matter by Alan Williams, which if mm. you haven't read it, grab it. It's really good. It, it, he was a walk-on basketball player at Wake Forest. Um, 
but anyway, we just like, you know, I've got this study guide and I had all this stuff, right? And we sat down and we just started talking about exactly what you just said. So mm. like talking about what high school football means and like the legacy that you leave is really all you have. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've got one senior, I've got two will, will be sophomores and, you know, just how the dynamics of the room go. And, and we, I just talked about, look, it's okay if you don't play college football, it's all right. We're not thinking any less of you. We yeah. want you to leave a great tradition and legacy with the younger kids coming through. So when, when you're a senior or a junior, they're going, or even a sophomore, they're going, Hey, I want to do it like that guy. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you bring that up because literally yeah. Sunday, that's great. That's great. I, start, I started with a different plan and it ended up being basically that. Right. So yeah, that's um, great. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, along that same track, you know, we go in nine, I only got six seniors, but those guys, when I had them over for dinner halfway through the season and we were really reeling, I just, we just had pizza, no big deal over, over at our house and my wife and I hosted them and they, you know, they had understood that, you know, no matter what happens these next few games, we can, we can do something that helps build this program so that 20 years back from now or 20 years from now, we can be proud of how we laid our brick in the foundation. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting there, you know, they, they see that and they understand that. And, and every kid can do that regardless of, uh, whether or not he's a college level type player, you know. Man, I, I was just thinking about the letterman. You know, you had, that used to be something I, I covered. Right. Man, I wanted to get my letter so bad in high school, and uh, that, that's just not the case anymore in, in my neck of the woods. It seems like you know, but right. the uh, the destination versus a stepping stone. Boy, that's mm-hmm. that's that's perfect. That's you know, that's that's perfect way to describe it. You know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of kids, you know, high school football is just their their stepping stone, and um, a lot of programs thrive on that and and can can make that work. Um, but you know, you're putting yourself kind of in that uh, almost like a like what happens for a JUCO coach who is juggling some really challenging things in terms of just why are all these guys here, you know? Um, and I, and to some extent you can put yourself in a similar position if that's all that your program is offering. And, and you got to be careful about how you're, you're guiding it for sure. Well, <clears throat> coach, I wanted to ask, uh, um, uh, coach McLeod, I wanted to ask him if he, uh, cause he's a Nebraska guy. I wanted to ask you about Peru state. Have you ever had any interactions with uh, the guys at Peru state and Lou Varley, man, that's our guy. Yeah. Yes. Lou, I know Lou a little bit and, uh, you know, we, we are so young and fresh to the, to the, um, Flexbone that we haven't had much chance to really connect with him because we've spent most of our time connecting with Coach Wheaton. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they are uh, doing really well. We actually played one of our games down there this last year because of some torrential downpours and no grass field was available. They've got a sweet little uh, what's it called, like the Oak Bowl. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Very neat. Yeah. And we our kids walked in in there and we were like, wow, this is nice. We had no idea because it's kind of it's tucked. You gotta you gotta be going to Peru to go to Peru. There's no going going through there otherwise. Fields and then there's a football yeah. stadium, huh? No. Yeah. Well, it's cornfields and then this oak forest and this beautiful little stadium. That's a great yeah. small college atmosphere. It's really cool. So, yeah, Lou and I, I'm sure, will uh, exchange more and more 
uh, yeah, back and forth over the years, but uh, not not so much yet. But we definitely know who each other are. Yeah. Yeah, me and Coach McLeod was uh, uh, talking with him, man. We found out he actually coached Jesus back in the day. You know, how to how to read it. <laughs> He's been around a while. That's right. Yeah, he said That's he never right. made a bad read. <laughs> That's right. Never. That's right. <laughs> Lou, he's a piece. Oh, I love him, man. He's a piece yeah, of yeah. work. But, uh, well, Coach, hey, man, you had Kenny come out and Kevin. So did you you stick with the big five? What are, what are, you, what are you doing, man? Yes. Uh, what are you doing? Yes. We got the big five, basically. Um, th- this is when if my offensive coordinator was here, I would just hand it over to him because he, <laughs> he really become the expert in our program. But, yeah, the big five, and we mix some things in there. Um, we're learning a lot this year about how we can use formations more to manipulate some things and, and make yeah. things better. Uh, we collect, I say we, cause I, um, you know, it's my program as the head coach, but, uh, you know, our head, our offensive coordinator, Cold Work would say, man, I made like 95% bad calls last year. I didn't know what I was doing, but we didn't know what we were doing. We're, we're growing, we're getting into it and we're learning a lot. And so we'll, uh, We'll use that big five and practice against every front, every practice, just like Wheaton does, and uh, and do those sort of things uh, so that we can um, develop a lot of players and develop them young and do it all the way down into our fifth and sixth grade program. And and uh, we we just we are confident that we're on the right track and and that over time it will um, pay dividends. But we're we're in the early stages right now. Well, I think too it, it helps to to have some people come in and help you. Yes. Um, you know, technique, practice, how to communicate it. Um, it's sometimes hard to get that from a clinic or trying mm-hmm. to research yourself online. <clears throat> it can be really beneficial to sit down and, and have somebody come in and, and help you um, see it, you know, so that you can be more confident with it with your kids. It's uh, it's not an offense. You can kind of read a couple of books or, you know, go to one clinic and, and hope for the best. It, it, it's a systematic approach. And <clears throat> those guys, right. again, do a great job. Yep. And we've done some other connecting with people. We went all the way out to Indianapolis for the Glazier Clinic because mm-hmm. it had the flex bone or flex bone uh, track or however they phrase yeah, that. Yeah. And so we were yeah. able to connect with some, some good guys out there too. And, and uh, yeah, it's Mark, Mark uh, Curtis. Yeah, I can't. I, was that the guys yeah. from Discovery Canyon there? I think Discovery Canyon was there. Yeah, they're really good. I can't remember everybody that was there, but uh, that's all right. Yeah, it was good. They're good resources. Those guys will help you. They will. Yeah, and again, ROC was meeting all those guys and getting emails and you know all that kind of stuff. And I was kind of working on all the defensive stuff, but we had a blast. And and uh, I mean, this Flexbone group, man, it's it's like a cult. I mean, people get in and take care of each other and. uh, we know that we're all doing this 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 unique brand of ball, and and there's a lot of pride in it, and uh, we're we're just glad to be a part of it. We're not even year long members yet, but we're loving it. So well, we're gonna, we're gonna have to teach you the secret handshake here soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want I want to ask you real quick too, before we probably sign off here soon. But uh, about uh, Nebraska and Scott Frost, what's your thoughts? You think mm-hmm. they're gonna bring this turn this thing around and get it going? Yeah, everybody likes to ask me that question, and it's a good question. Uh, I've been to practice a few times. I'll go again here in a couple of weeks for spring ball when they really, uh, when they host all the coaches for their clinic, um, and and a lot of other people have been around too. I'll tell you what: if you listen to what Frost says about how he interacts with players, how he doesn't want players to to um, <clears throat> play out of fear, how they want to teach 
their players the game and not just have them memorize what they're supposed to do. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really great stuff there. I was blown away by practice organization. Um, and I went to last year, the first time I went was the, the, like the first or I think it was the second day of practice of spring ball. So he's not, this is, this is the very first things. And I was just floored by the amount of detail, uh, attention to detail, the organization, uh, managers had big, thick packets. And after every rep, they're looking at things and moving bags around and adjusting the drill. And I mean, it was, and that's the manager. I mean, that's, that, that it was just crazy. Uh, the level of, of organization. I think they will get it turned around. Uh, you know, I kind of know a little bit from the inside with my wife working for the track team. And um, not only does it sound like they know what they're doing, but sounds like they got a lot of people with really good character. And I think that um, in this day and age, uh, ha having people in the program that are going to not ever get you in trouble is hard to find. And there's a lot of temptations and you got to have the right people. Um, it seems even just today, more news broke about some yeah. allegations with basketball yeah. teams and whatnot. And so uh, I think they got the two things you need character and uh, they know how to teach and they want to teach first and turn players loose. And so that's a long answer, but I think, I think we're going to have some fun at some Husker games here soon. I think it's going to be a lot different, um, but <clears throat> we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, the big red's back. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and the I, I, irony there is I grew up in Colorado. I was a huge Colorado Buffalo fan. I still am a Colorado Buffalo fan. Of course that makes none of my local friends happy. No. Uh, yeah. It, it's uh, I, I refused to go to Husker games for like two years after Janelle got hired at the, at the track. <laughs> Department. So it took me a while to warm up to it, but I'm all in now. I'm all in. Well, well, coach, do me a favor. Uh, when you get up to practice there, uh, I'm really, really interested. I, I know for a fact that not one player is standing around at that practice doing Oh, nothing. it's crazy. Right. And they've got multiple huddles running multiple stuff. Mm -hmm. So take some notes, man, because I'm really, really interested in how that all goes. Yeah. Uh, I would be really, I've heard a little bit about it, um, but I would really, I'd really like to know just the organization part of it and how they can to make, make that work. Because, um, you know, I think that's another big part of it that, and listen, he took his whole staff, like who does that, right? Who, yeah. who brings their whole staff somewhere anymore? I think that yeah. that showed you just like you said, the character of the, of the guys that, well, him and the guys he brought in, obviously. So, right. You know, I, and, I was very impressed by that. Yeah. And, you know, just the theme of this particular podcast, and the reason you guys are having me on, that's a culture move, right? That's a culture decision. He knows he's got the right guys to build what he wants and they'll get it figured out and they could go do it anywhere in the country. They know they could do it if they needed to. And so um, that's, that's the choices he's made. And I, I'm excited. I hope it works out really well for him. Me too. Class act. He is. Scott yep. Well, coach, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. We know yeah. you got to get run into the next thing. Well, we, we really appreciate you coming on. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, hey, it was good to see you guys and, and get to know you a little bit. And uh, what you're doing is a great thing. And I'm, I'm just so thankful we live in an age when we can all connect like this, you know, and uh, share and help each other get better uh, for the sake of the game, but for the sake of the players. And that's what it's really all about, building up the next generation of men uh, through football. And, and sometimes uh, uh, we get lost in the, in the winning and losing, but uh, it's really about building people up. So thanks for having me on. Coach, talk about uh, real quick before you sign off. Talk, uh, talk how people can get a hold of you and connect with you. Yeah, so Culture Coordinator, you can get on Twitter. It's at Culture Cord, or on Instagram. You can find find me there. 
the uh, the website is culturecoordinator.com. That was still available a few years ago when I snatched it up, which I was <laughs> couldn't believe. I was that. on there today, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So culturecoordinator.com. Um, if you want to to be uh, on the email list and get all the free stuff I send out, you know, just DM me or whatever it might be. And then um, the membership is on there too. If you got questions about that, I can I can show you what that looks like. And then personally at Kurt Earl fourteen, you can find me on just about every social media platform that way. All right. Well, good luck next year, brother. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and if we can do anything for you, just you know, hit us up, man. We'll be happy to help you. Absolutely. Likewise, guys. Likewise. Yeah. Take care. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday. And basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.